Hello and welcome to Spin the Ball. I'm Reese Desmond, and you are listening to the show where we spin a ball of listener-submitted ideas that decide what we do next. And I am so excited to do another show here, episode number three, where we are going to be doing the British game show today, Would I Lie to You? Now, anyone who knows Spin the Ball will know that I usually do the hosting. However, today, I am going to hand off the hosting duties to someone very special to the Mastermind site, one of our brand new podcasters joining our team. Here is the great John Townsend. Thank you very much for having me. Couldn't get John Bishop, so you had to settle for Townsend. Yeah, John, before we introduce our panel, do you want to give a quick breakdown of what is what I lied to you, especially for those that might be unfamiliar with the concept? Okay. Uh, it, what I Lie to You is a British panel show that a lot of comedians or actors and actresses go on, uh, where the main concept of the show is you say a line, say a headline, and the other team has to, has to decide whether or not you are telling the truth or lying. You say the headline, and then the other team interrogates you for a couple minutes, all to determine whether or not what you are saying is a truth or a lie. Yeah, so we're going to be doing that game show today. Instead of it just being about random things, anything that's happened to us in our past like they do on the show, today it's going to be all about football. So these stories are entirely football related. And John, I am so excited to get started and meet our panel. So would you do the honors here of telling everybody who is part of this show today? Starting off with the first team is uh, Declan DeBarth. Hey everyone, how's it going? Excited to get going. And his teammate, Alex Vanagas. Yeah, it's a pleasure being here. I'm very excited to be a part of the show. And uh, the opposing team for this week is Victor Ono. Hey, what's up everyone? I'm here to get this dub. Easy. And his teammate is Reese Desmond. Yes, so that's me. And we spun a wheel of our names prior to the show that selected our teams for us. Victor and I were paired up together and Declan and Alex were paired up together. So those will be our teams today. And since Victor's name came up first on the wheel, John, I believe let's start with Victor to go first here and tell us our first story of the day. I played a whole game with a dislocated kneecap caused by a miscontrolled pass. And I still scored and assisted in that game. Now, did you dislocate your knee before or after you scored actually what what actually happened was my strike partner because we're playing a 4-4-2 he actually passed the ball to me and i miscontrolled in the process i actually dislocated my my kneecap so that's what actually happened that's it was during the game like it was we still we still fight over it to this day if we're on the call like he's like yeah i miscontrolled the pass i said it was a bad pass he said it was just bad control so and it just popped out i felt the shift but the love of the game just kept me going, you know. <laughs> I just stuck to it. What did you say to your to your teammate after the game? So are you taking Rebecca to prom, or is she fair game if I want to take her to prom? <laughs> <laughs> We're in a speaking terms for a while. You know, I was, I was, I didn't see him after the game exactly because I went straight to the to the um, sick bay, the clinic on 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 the campus to go like check it up. When I did see him. We did have the argument, it was a misplaced pass, but we just laughed it off and just moved on. Your knee was bandaged, bandaged up and everything, or was it just swelling away? It was, 
it was swelling away, but, but then I went back when it was swelling because I went there first and just got painkillers and everything. I didn't think it was anything terrible because I actually played the whole game, scored and assisted. So I thought I was fine. Then the swelling came on later. So then the bandage and the ice came on later. So I had to go back again for that. How did it feel like when you run during the match, if you remember it? Like I noticed when when it when it shifted, I was like, okay, I'm a, I'm not gonna be able to make my runs anymore. So I had to change the way I played during the game. So I was more like just hold up, just move, just a little bit. I just had him do all the running around. What was this goal and what was this assist? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I'm not Olivier Giroud, so it was it was a, it was a mere tap in. That was that was the first. That was the goal, and the assist was. It was actually like a left footer cross. So I dislocated my right kneecap and I crossed the ball with my left. So see, now I'm wondering Ew. if I believe you or not because your Instagram handle is Vic shot it. So it's not Vic tapped it in. So I'm I don't know if I can believe this now. Vic shot it came on years later after that. It was like <laughs> when I discovered later. that tapping it wasn't for me, I just said, you know what? I'm just shooting from now on. <laughs> Lisa, you're supposed to be on his team. He's supposed to support him. I'm confused about his story. So paint the picture for me here, Victor, because you you get a misplaced pass. You dislocate your knee. Mm-hmm. What happens from there? Are you are, do you go down? Do you receive treatment? You receive the bandages. The, no. the high school doctor comes out with Advil and gives <laughs> you there. And no. What is okay. the chain of events here? Chain of events from the past. So it was a pass going forward. The pass dropping in front of me, I misstepped. So that was what actually shifted my kneecap. So I felt it shift, but it popped right back in. But I still felt the pain. So I, I could I was still able to continue playing, but the pain was still there. So And no one said anything to you about your about your basketball size knee. The knee it just didn't come up. It came after the game. I, I didn't scream. I didn't shout, no Neymar dives, nothing of that. I stayed on my feet, you know, and just kept it moving. After the game, then I focused on the pain. That was when everything kind of set in. Because what was happening, we're playing the younger year, the year before us, in the high school game. You know how competitive that gets, you know, in high school. So I, I wasn't about to leave that game for anything. So wait, was this like a tournament game or were you playing just in the schoolyard? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's basically the year... 11s versus the year 12s, you know, about to graduate versus the guys coming in. So that was kind of a big game. It's kind of the biggest game for high school seniors, you know, for us back then. So it was something I couldn't miss. So there was no chance I was leaving the field. After the match, did you like kind of stop playing for a little bit or you kind of just like kept on training? Nah, I couldn't play. After when the bandages and all that came out, then it was it was over for uh, for like a week or two. That was a week or two with a dislocated knee. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. I respect that. No recovery time. But for the second headline, (laughs) (laughs) well, let's see if you believe this one more. Uh, Victor, do you want to share your second headline? My second one? Okay. I've never scored a brace in my entire high school football career. My goals come in singles and in more. Never braces. So I've never scored two goals. Always either one or more. Never. Not two. when you had dislocated knees. No, only no. only one. <laughs> only one. <laughs> Just the tapping. Just the tapping. Believable. You played up front. Yeah. How many goals did you score roughly? Um, I didn't peak till like probably year <laughs> 11, 12. So my numbers were not you know consistent, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't get an exact number. But we did play ball like every day, so it was so just goals. What was the highest you ever got? In the game four. Yeah. 
And are we, are we talking about organized games of football with the referee, 11 players aside, three substitutions? Everything. Everything. So, Declan and Alex, which do you think is the lie? <laughs> I'm thinking it's the knee. The yeah, knee doesn't seem believable. <laughs> so you're locking in on the knee was the lie? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Victor, would you like to share which, which one was the lie? Yes, I definitely scored two goals in my career. The lie was <laughs> definitely that. <laughs> I did dislocate my kneecap and continue playing, scored and assisted. I still talk to my track partner to this day. We still make jokes about it. That's definitely the truth. <laughs> now you guys are wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hero. So he, you did dislocate your knee and then score an assist in the same game. Yep. What a trooper. Maybe you are Olivier Drew after all. <laughs> Maybe. Well, we'll spin the wheel again to determine who goes next. And it is looking like it is going to be Alex. All right. So for my first one is that I had the chance to meet Andre Onana right before the famous Ajax run when they made it to the champion finals, beat everyone. But like, you know, that whole thing where Ajax kind of went up. But this is like right before it whole, everything happened. Like, I think a couple months for the most part. So that is very cool. Andre Onana, a very high-profile player. Where were you Where were you meeting yeah. him? I met him at Orlando Stadium. And what was he doing in Orlando Stadium? They basically, every couple months, Florida hosts like a tournament called Florida Cup. And they invite like a bunch of European teams, either South American or European. And then at that time, it was Ajax and Sao Paulo and I think Fluminense. Um, I don't remember the other teams. And also Frankfurt. And he was just waiting in goal and you were in the stands and you said, hey, Andre, I'd like to meet you. Oh, it's basically on the side. He was benched. He was benched. He's like so on you... the reserve team. So you were in side. the stadium and you were like very close to him. And then you had a conversation with him while he was waiting on the bench or what? Yeah, pretty much. But he's basically walking into the bench because there's like a certain section in the stadium where it's like you got to like walk an entire way just for it. And then there is like kind of a section where it's closed off and then all the players go in to walk in like the whole bench area. Victor, what do you think here? Any questions for Alex? No, I reserve my questions though. What time of day was it? I think it was 7 p.m. It was like late in the afternoon. What was the weather like? No, it was at night. It was clear skies pretty much. Okay, clear skies. Perfect day to meet a goalkeeper. Okay. So, I, Alex, do you want yeah. to share your second? Uh, do you want to share your second uh, headline? Yeah. So, in the next one, since I, at the time I was living in Orlando, I had a chance to actually interview Alexander Pato. It's like as soon as he was like transferring in and all that stuff to, like, Orlando City. So it was really cool. So what what year was this? Like, almost last year, pretty much. It's so he's still like playing these days. days. Yeah, he is. Okay, wow. Surprisingly. You, you got to interview him for, like, a company or what? It's one of those, like, random things where it's like, oh, I have a camera with me, I have a mic, let's see if I can get an okay from him. Oh, yeah, right. One of those just random things where you have a camera and a microphone and you just barge through security and enter the field and then <laughs> ask Alexander Pata to interview for you. You know, I've heard about those, but I thought 
Normally, those people end up in prison for the night. <laughs> the thing about it is that it was at a um, like occasionally Orlando does like promotions where it's like, oh, come to this place and meet a player, and usually they give out autographs and all that stuff mostly. But then I'm just like, what if I bring my camera with me and just see what happens? And luckily, there wasn't a lot of people, so I was like, maybe I can make it happen. Okay, so what language was the interview in? It was in English. In English. And then what types of questions did you ask Mr. Pato? Why he came to Orlando, what he's looking to achieve in the MLS, and... Um, what did he say, money? Pretty, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> literally all very honest. Just, yeah, it's for the money. Yeah, and he's familiar <laughs> with the people, too. There's like, he still lives there, surprisingly. It's like, all throughout Europe, but like, he's, he's in there. Mostly in Orlando. Was it clear skies? It was inside. Actually. It was inside. Okay. Yeah, Victor, I'm, I'm believing this one more. So, do uh, does Reese and uh, Victor have a consensus on this one? I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Victor, because I don't see... From the story I'm getting in my head of Alex's story about Onana is that he's... Onana's just, like, on the bench for this game, and Alex just leans over and talks to him. I don't know if that actually counts as meeting him. Surprisingly, I kind of believe the Onana story. Okay, what is it about that that makes it so believable? The clear skies and the... <laughs> the the organization, I think the Orlando, um, the stuff that they have clubs come in. I know about that. I stay in I, I stay in Miami, yeah. so I know about yeah. all that. So I did know that those clubs did come down. I think so. Ah, just something about the Pato interview, just like mm. it is oh. very odd. It, like. It sounds like you didn't have it set up or anything by a company oh, yeah. or anything. Yeah. It was like I'm just going yeah. in there and I'm gonna interview Pato. <laughs> I just got the interview. It was they both sound fun. very unbelievable to me. So this one's <laughs> tricky. I, I'll I'll back you if you want to say the Onana one is true. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, John. That's our answer. We say Pato yeah. is the lie. Alex is Pato the lie. Yep. I interviewed his teammate. I was a goalkeeper instead. So who did you interview? Um, his name was Adam Grinwis. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's so it's cool. been a couple years. Theme. Yeah, Victor, you're right. I'm glad I stuck by your decision. And uh, very cool that you got to meet Onana as well. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Picture. So now, uh, now Reese, do you want to share your uh, two headlines? I would love to. So I am going to start with, I have an article on themastermindsite.com that has amassed over 1 million views. When was this article published? 2017, I want to say, maybe 2018. It's been a couple of years now that this article has been live. And I'm going to get the exact date for you once I bring it up. Mm-hmm. This calendar to pick up to pick a random day. Well, <laughs> no, they, <laughs> they, you can ask me what article it is as well. Um, what article I is it? I'm- it's I'm called curious. Best Formations for 9v9. So the original concept behind the Mastermind site was very much guided towards coaching um, and a place for both coaches and players to learn more about the game. Uh, it's since evolved much more to the professional side of the game, the tactics, the analysis. Um, but Best Formations for 9v9 was published in July Twenty second, two thousand eighteen. And where are these views coming from? Are these clustered in the U.S.? Mostly English speaking countries, like most of our articles do. So Canada, U.S., U.K., Australia, 
Asian countries that speak English as well. Those are the bulk of our views, as well as Nigeria. Um, so the bulk of them are coming from the UK as well as Canada and US, especially because those are the countries that play 9v9. I think even UK made that switch recently and US also made that switch away from 8v8 recently. And what formation did you decide was the best? So I personally like a 3-2-3. Three, three. I think that is one that has the most great balance. Um, however, I gave a nice overview of all of the best 9v9 formations that I thought. And there are a total of seven here on this article. There are seven formations. I like the 3-2-3 three, three best. Was there like a steady increase in the number of views or was it directly up? You get to a million and it's kind of plateaued. I do believe it was pretty direct. If you go right now to the site and you go to that left or is it right? Right hand sidebar where you can see our most viewed articles right now. It's always in there. So best formations for 9v9 right now is still number four in behind two euro pieces and the Nuno Espirito Santo tactical analysis, which is popular for obvious reasons right now. And at the time, how many uh, how many viewers was was the site attracting? The site was attracting at the time around 2000 daily viewers. So this article would have been getting, say, 100 or so views a day itself at the time. Honestly, I think he has the facts, honestly. So I'm just like, especially with that type of data, it's like, possibly. Yeah, I think I'm leaning the same way. That doesn't seem out of the well, realm of possibilities. Yeah. You do, you do have to hear the second one, though. So, so Lisa, would you like to share the uh, second headline? Yes, I would gladly like to share my second headline. So, I was once doing a one-on-one -on -one session with a player, and they stopped mid-activity to take a bite of a hamburger. <laughs> How long ago was this? This was recently. This was about the third week of May. Okay. And how old was this Was this kid? Was it a this kid? Was, was it an adult? a 10-year-old kid. And was it fast food? Was it McDonald's, Burger King? I what? believe it was a homemade burger. But I didn't stop to ask, hey, is that McDonald's or Wendy's or what is that? I just said, why are you eating a hamburger? I was more You're concerned like, about why that. didn't you bring me the hamburger? Where the hamburger came from. <laughs> you couldn't get me fries? <laughs> Would you and say it, this is like around lunchtime, dinner, or... This was a dinner time-ish kind of session, I believe, that we normally would do a six o'clock session. Um, so if I'm remembering correctly, I believe it was around dinner time. And did he usually bring food for, for before and after? Did you have breaks for snacks? Ah, well, that's your first mistake, because it's actually a she. Oh, and sorry, did, no, did she? <laughs> they don't usually have snacks, usually just water. It's very, very odd for a player to just, okay, I'm going to have a bite of my hamburger now. Um, and it wasn't even like, okay, let's have a water break right now. It was just, I'm stopping right now on my own terms to take a bite of this hamburger. <laughs> Mid-drill. Mid-activity, yes. Drills are for home hardware, Declan. <laughs> now, was this inside or outdoors? So this was, I. she was outside, I was indoors. It was over Zoom. I feel like in, in a way that makes it more understandable. Like you can do other stuff on Zoom calls too. Still so. very bizarre though. You would not expect a player to just mid-activity stop, 
what they're doing. I'm like coaching her in the moment. Everything's going well. All of a sudden, she just stops, walks over to the camera, picks up a hamburger, and starts eating it. <laughs> She's like, what did you up an appetite? An appetite. <laughs> I guess so. And, and what did you say to her, Reese? I said something along the lines of, you're stopping to eat a hamburger? Why are you eating a hamburger right now? And she just smiled at me and didn't say anything, just continued eating. <laughs> was it one quick bite? Was it just like, I'm going to pick this it up, was eat, and go back? multiple bites, unfortunately. I was hoping it would be just one bite, but it was multiple. <laughs> you know what? I think that this one is just so bizarre, you can't really make it up. <laughs> yeah. Plus the quote. The quote is what makes it, what sells it, you know? I don't know if that's what I would have exactly said word for word, but it was something along those lines for sure. So is that which which one are you guys uh, um, picking as the lie? I don't think the hamburger one is true. That seems just that seems just too bizarre. I honestly believe in the hamburger one. <laughs> I don't know if, if you. I was if wrong on the did, last man. one, so if you trust it in your gut. So, Reese, is the million views the lie? So, Alex, you are correct. Nice. Shout out to my <laughs> favorite player, Gabby, who I frequently do one-on-one -on -one sessions with. Yes, she stopped mid-activity in the middle of our session to take a bite of a hamburger. <laughs> Did she say whether or not the hamburger was good? I believe yeah. it was very tasty. I do, I do believe I actually did ask that now that you mentioned that. Uh, best formations for 9v9 is actually still the most popular article on the mastermindsite.com despite the shift in our focus. It has only amassed over 100,000 views, though. So good okay. numbers, though. Not yet. Let's hope one day something gets. Not anything and, yet. And to wrap things up, Declan, will you like to share your two, two truths and lies? Yeah, I played a pickup game with a group of priests in Rome. Okay, so you played a pickup game with two priests in Rome? No, a group of priests. A group of priests. Okay. Yeah, that... I th it was seven. It was seven aside. Everyone here is a priest except for you, or are you also a priest in this scenario? No, it's seven priests and seven and priests seven, and, and seven of the laity. Okay, so it's seven priests and then seven of the churchgoers. Just, just regular people. Just regular people. Okay. I got to ask the one question: Did you nutmeg a priest? <laughs> I did not nutmeg a priest. I was playing gold. <laughs> Did you get nutmegged by a priest? Once, yes. The priest was very good. <laughs> the priest or a priest? Because it sounds like there were seven of them. It was a priest. It was a one priest. one of the one of, one the, of the seven, seven priests nutmegged me. So this was in Rome, you said. This was in Rome. So where in Rome? This was on the outskirts of Rome. It was at a seminary. So it was a school for priests. And the priests were having a seven-a-side game over the Easter holidays. So the priests were going to school. Yes, they were going to, to school to be priests. Future priests. So they're yes. not priests; they're future priests. They're future priests. Okay, so you got nutmegged by a future priest. Yes, <laughs> in Rome. This is very interesting. Very, am, very interesting. That, like you could write a children's book about this. This is <laughs> quite right, the story. I'm, I'm kind of curious. What were you doing in Rome? I was there for Easter. I went to Catholic okay. school. We went on a pilgrimage. So how old were you when you got nutmegged by the future priest? <laughs> <laughs> 17 or 18. Oh, 17 I... or 18. That has to be a new Twitter bio. Nutmegged by a future priest. <laughs> 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 okay, Fun so fact, me and, the, me and that priest, we still keep in touch. You do? Brother, What's this priest's name? Brother Jarek. 
Brother Jarek. Yeah. It's a great priest name. It's a great priest oh, name. for an Italian. Italian <laughs> priests. <laughs> he, was, so he was American. Are all priests brother, and do they ever become like anything else do they ever become father or are they just always brother well i guess i guess now he's father jarek because he's, oh, yeah, okay. he's an ordained priest but before that at the time he was brother jarek he was brother jarek okay gotcha. well i'm learning so, i'm learning so much this is <laughs> educational for me um okay so you're in rome what why were you goalkeeper did they say you don't look very fast we're gonna put you in goalkeeper or is that just like your position because I was picked last by by my group of friends, yeah. By your group of friends, not by the priests. Not by the priests, because it was, the as I team. said, the laity versus the priests. Right. Okay, so your friends didn't like you very much. No. And they <laughs> said, you're going to be our goalkeeper. Yes. Well, this is very sad. <laughs> very you can sad. play striker on, on our, our football team. On the, oh, on yay. Uh, whatever position you want. But we have Olivier Giroud here as well, so it's going to be some tough competition. Okay, yeah. I just got to make sure I don't pass it wrong so he dislocates his knee again. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a question. So whenever a priest got, like, fouled, did they swear or they just, what did they say? No, I don't remember because I was in goal, and this was a couple of years ago. Okay. I don't think they took the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> was anybody roughing the match? No, it was it was a casual pickup game. It was a casual pickup game one night in Rome. Did they? How do you know they were priests though? Did they just walk up to you and say they were priests, or they had their? No, as part of our pilgrimage, we were staying at the seminary. Oh, so, so one of the them. one of the activities that night was we could go play tennis with priests, or we could play seven aside with priests. Oh, so there was another game across the street that was a tennis game. Yes, so you had the choice, and you chose the soccer. And I chose the soccer. When you got picked last, did you regret your decision? No, because I can't play tennis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how how far away is the tennis court from the seminary? It was about a five-minute walk. Five-minute walk, okay. Down a little, down a little footpath because the seminary was up on a hill in Rome. And these are all male priests. These are male priests. Is there a different term for women priests? There aren't women priests in the Catholic Church, but there are nuns, and there was no nuns. Ah, okay. There were no nuns. Okay. okay. That would be very cool if you got nutmegged by a nun as well. <laughs> <laughs> How many uh, goals did you let in? Six, six. How, how long was you this pickup game? Key before the, uh, for, for the football mastermind website. For the whole time. For the whole time. We played a full 90 minutes. A full 90 minute game. On a, was it full field? No. No, it was, no, it was a short yeah. field. Okay, good. Because, yeah. Six goals, Declan. Like, come on. <laughs> how do you keep in touch with Brother Jarek or Father Jarek? We're, we're friends on Instagram. On Instagram, okay. On Insta We're going to find out if this is a lie very soon. Can we follow <laughs> brother or father Jarek on Instagram? What is his handle? His handle is father underscore Jarek. J-E-R-E-K. That's him. This guy. Yeah, okay. Is he following you? I don't know if I can see that without following him. Okay. He is. Followed by Declan Park. Yep, this sounds very believable, Victor. This sounds very believable. <laughs> okay. I mean, it kind of takes the steam out of the out of my next point. But Declan, would you like to share your second headline? <laughs> yeah, my Zio went to Maradona's last game by accident. Okay, so why accident? 
because he didn't know Maradona was going to play. And he went to an, a, an Italian cultural event here in Toronto. So he purposefully went to an Italian culture event. And then he got mixed up in a football match. Yeah. So he was at the Bellinuso Center, which is my family's region's cultural center. Okay. One of our family friends said to my, my Zeal Peter, we're going to go see a football match. Do you want to come? Football Italia is playing tonight. And he said, sure. And then Maradona was there. In Toronto. How, in Toronto. His last how game. old was Maradona at this point? I think he would have been 40. It was in 1996. Well, I think we can Wikipedia this, right? Or I can just see when was Maradona's last game. <laughs> Copa ninety actually, Copa ninety actually did a recent documentary about this game in Toronto. Well, now I'm wondering if you did get nutmegged by Brother Jarek. <laughs> <laughs> so you watched a documentary about this recently, and then you decided to make up a story about your grandfather going to this game. Well, it's my uncle. No, this <laughs> this story has been in my family for as long as I can remember. Okay. My uncle shared the documentary with me. What are you thinking here, Victor? I don't know. This is this is really throwing me off. I really I, want to believe the priest one. I really want that one to be true. <laughs> me too. That was, that was a Father Jarek is a really talented <laughs> <a> guy. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. shout out Father Jarek. Shout out Father Jarek. <laughs> so do you want to just say that one's true and then... Yeah, we could, but I I do believe this one might be the true one. Both you believe the Maradona one? I believe yeah. I believe both of them. I believe that Declan has played with priests before. I don't know if it was in Rome. I do believe that he would have been nutmegged by Brother Jarek, but I don't know if seven <laughs> other priests were there along with him. Six other priests. Six other priests. <laughs> no subs. No subs on a hot sweltering so, day in Rome. So are you are you in agreement that the Maradona? Uh, last game is the lie. Yeah, Do you want to say the lie is the priest? Yeah, the priest. Even though we want the truth. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what we're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go okay. with that. Yeah, that's smirk. I, th- I think we might got that wrong. Well, okay, let's listen. Yeah, Declan, would you like to share with us uh, which is the lie? I would. The priest story is true. Ah no. <laughs> Maradona did play his last game in Italy or in Canada. I highly recommend you check it out. My uncle was at that game, but he didn't go on accident. He knew he bought tickets. Oh. He was there. <laughs> <laughs> so both stories are true. I'm true, exactly. But but it wasn't by accident, and that's the key. Mm. I mean, two two great stories. I was feeling like both of them sounded very true. But I was like, that Maradona one, it's been in your family since 1996. Like, I feel like that was a that was what won me over by you saying that. I'm like, that sounds very true. You guys focused on the wrong aspect of it. You know, you had to <laughs> focus on some part. Like, you're right. <laughs> Who goes to a football match by accident? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, was, that was the kicker. I think, I think yeah, you're right. Mm. Fair enough. Okay, so what are the points here? Who did, John, were you keeping track? Did we have a, a tie or what was it? Honestly, I kind of lost track. So yeah. did we okay, tie? So one, one. We tie. <laughs> Which like, there's no, there's no round three for this. So, okay, I guess everybody wins. We tie. Yay! Uh, so that's a, that's a good outcome. Uh, let's head over to the dugout right now. But first, before we do, I'm just gonna ask if everyone wants to stay or if anyone is leaving before we get to the dugout. Good to keep going. Locked and loaded. Staying. Okay, great.
Before we get to the listener submitted ideas, I'm just going to quickly talk about the things that are pending VAR review right now. Um, so first up, a idea that was submitted before our very first show by Sam, who wanted us to watch She's the Man. I have found that it is on Netflix, so we will be putting this on the wheel or on the ball uh, for tonight's spin as well. So that has been added. At Lucas said, football would you rathers. So this idea was... Reese and the panel discussed various would-you-rather situations pertaining to football. For example, would you rather play in the World Cup or a UEFA Champions League? Um, I'm still awaiting good would-you-rather submissions from listeners if they think that this is a good idea or from anyone who might want to submit ideas for that. If you think that might be something that you'd be interested in hearing on the show, I'm still looking for more ideas of what that might look like because I don't have enough would-you-rather type of questions in my mind right now pertaining to football. I have lots of ones that do not pertain to football, but I don't think that's very helpful for us right now. I think we'll leave the other one here. The player every Premier League club should sign. Uh, I think this is a good idea. I think let's talk about the ones that are in the dugout and then decide if we like that one better. Since we're already putting She's the Man on the ball this week, I think let's see what else we have. And John, I would like to get you to read us the submissions in the dugout this week. So, can you read us your favorite submission yep. here? First up, we have from at Hamza. We're all still waiting uh, for, for the hot take tournament. So, uh, I think it could be a bracket tournament, so like you did uh, on Round of 32, or simply just uh, assessing hot takes sent in by the listeners. Yeah, so this is something that we've talked about on Football Masterminds quite a bit. Russell Toe, who's one of the hosts of the show, always has very hot takes about different things, like Harry Kane is bad and that is just like beyond me why. yes um he, very very odd takes and we do enjoy silliness of like how bad some of his takes are and i think it would be interesting to get listeners or whoever to also submit their very bad takes that they think might actually be true in their minds john you were talking to me about would this work as a bracket though or is it better if we just assess them sent in by listeners? What do you think on that? Yeah, well, when I first read it, I love I love hot takes in general. Operating in a bracket format, I don't really know how it would work. Does one advance over the other based on how hard of a take it is, based on whether or not we agree with it? What, what's yeah, so how, how, how are we quantifying it? My criteria for a hot take is how hot is it in terms of like out thereness, like how original is it how completely unorthodox is this thing um as well as can it be true because if it's not if it's just a wrong take i don't think of that as like a hot take that i would want to put forward over something else i would want a hot take that is original unique and then also might be true mm -hmm. it has so, to be a take where you understand the person's thought process for how they got yeah. to that particular conclusion yeah. One that I've had in the past is like, I believe that contested heading for the ball should be banned. And I think this would be like absolutely massive in terms of the ramifications of it. It would never be able to happen um, because it would be hard to police. But if we stop contested heading, then we can stop concussions from happening in the sport a lot more. Most of concussions happen not from heading the ball, but from heading a ball while someone else is going up to head the ball and then you end up colliding heads as we saw with Raul Jimenez very recently as well 
um, the Ryan Mason situation example, for example, as well. So that's like that's a hot take for me. For for the hot take um, tournament for that particular one, I'd rather have it. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Anthony Fantano or or the Needle Drop. It's a music reviewer YouTuber guy. He right. has a series called Let's Argue, where he puts up a tweet, let's argue, and there may be a subject for like. I think he just did one recently for worst musical instruments, and then put in your hot take for which is the worst or just in general. And he kind of reacts to each or the takes he likes the most or, or whatever. I would actually like that format for this hot take tournament where it's just send us in your hot takes. We'll re and we'll react to the best ones. I like the idea of maybe having us give, give us our hot takes. And then as part of that, we have a panel on and the panel votes to see who advances in a tournament style. Yeah, I, I do like the tournament style like as that. like comparing these two, like having it go up against something else is potentially more interesting. There is different ways where we can do that, like everyone submits one. Or say we have like 16 people who want to submit hot takes, they each submit four and then they have their hottest take is in round one, their second hottest take is in round two and so on and so on until we get to like the final. Um, I, I agree with the tournament style. That, that actually would be would be fun to do. The pitting each other against them, like you just said, just dividing them into rounds. The the first hottest, the second, like that, and then just pitting them against each other, then seeing which one like comes hotter, I guess, or which one we agree with the most. That I like it. I think it gives like more of an opportunity to get different perspectives from like people on specific mm -hmm. things, like you said about the whole heading thing about like contesting headers and stuff like that and, like some people could be for it and then some people could be against it so it's like you can get everyone's outtake on it yeah this idea in general is good the anytime you get listeners to submit ideas like i'm all on board with that um and listeners in the past have been very good with submitting ideas to us so i think this is one that i want to put on the ball but i think first i want to check out the is it a youtuber john uh, yes, it's uh, Anthony Fantano. Actually, okay. I think his channel name's just Fantano. F-A-N-T-O-N-O. Okay, cool. Yep. So I think first, let's check out that and see, is there another way that we can do this that makes more sense? And then, if not, let's definitely put it on the ball next show in like bracket format, if that all sounds good to everyone. Sure. Or tournament format. So that's going to be pending via review. Let's just do two more, John. So can you two read more? the next one that you would like to yes. bring up for us? Got a message from uh, Casey. Hey, guys. Casey here. Would love to see a yearbook styled most likely to for football personalities. Examples could include football-related things like most likely to have a breakthrough season next year and most likely to win the Ballon d'Or in 2021. Or could include completely arbitrary things like most likely to go go to outer space, set a world record, lose their hearing, write a best-selling novel, etc. And uh, that's it. By the way, for most likely to us to write a best-selling novel, I think that's hands down Zlatan. <laughs> what I think maybe like Mourinho or someone like a manager like Pep or something. Ooh, yeah, you need a manager who like won't won't hold back. It's just ready to burn all the bridges. Mourinho. Mourinho. <laughs> yeah. 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 Most likely, most likely to lose all their hair. Antonio Conte. 
Damn. That came back. I saw a photo of the him as a player. Where, the, where did that come from? You got the Brian Olacker tweets. So I, I really like this. I'm trying to picture the format in my head. Are we just having different categories and then we say, okay, let's go to this category next and discuss this like we would for, say, a Mount Rushmore? Um, or what is the format here? What I'm do you guys think? It's kind of, I'm thinking it's kind of like how she how she says um, a yearbook style. So we're just going, here's a few weird categories as well as a few actual predictable categories like ba- uh, Ballon d'Or and stuff like that, where it's just for 20 minutes, oh, who do you guys think would go to out, out of space first and stuff like that. It's a lot more of an open thing where it doesn't really have an overall point as a bracket would, but it's just a fun th- uh, thought experiment. And maybe with listener su- suggested yeah. uh, categories as well. Yeah. That would that would be fun, and we could get some out there ones. I definitely agree with that. I almost think like we don't even need the most likely to win Ballon d'Or and the actual football related ones. I think it would be much more interesting to just stay with the very odd ones that like people don't discuss ever. Like most likely to go to outer space, which I love from Casey. Um, Casey from Canada is a listener of a couple of different podcasts i've done and she follows everywhere i go apparently and like casey's ideas are always on point so this is casey this is another great idea so i i definitely appreciate this casey i vote yes i, lo- I love yeah. this idea yeah it sounds so fun yep <laughs> okay so i think let's let's put it straight on the ball then that means it will be eligible for next week's spin not this week's spin but I'm very much looking forward to that. So, Casey, thank you for your wonderful submission. Casey was also the one who submitted Mount Rushmore Episode 2. Um, I believe she also has another one on the ball right now, which is the Bargain Buys XI. So keep your submissions coming, Casey. And uh, everyone else, keep your submissions coming as well and try and get on Casey's level here. Okay, so, John, yes, let's let's read the final one that you want us to discuss today. Final one this week is from Steve Mawson. And it is Mount, Rush, uh, Mount Rushmore by position. He says he would like to see us uh, do a Mount, Rush, Mount Rushmore episode, um, but exclus- exclusively going through player positions. And we can go from every position from goalie right down to striker. Yeah, my only question is how would that break down? Would, it, would you make an 11 or would you argue four players for each, each position and then do a number of, number of episodes based on that? Yeah, I think we'd go... So we'd say like, okay, the first topic that we're discussing is goalkeepers. And then we decide our Mount Rushmore on goalkeepers. There's two different ways we can do this. In the past, we've done it both ways um, on round of 32, which was an old show I did with Sam the Man uh, and various others. So the the first way is the way we did it for episode number two, where we just bounce ideas off of each other of like, who is the best goalkeeper? We talk about it and then we come up with our Mount Rushmore. Um, and then we put it on the site and listeners can say like, okay, I disagree with this. My, here's mine. Um, or the other way is that like we did tonight, we can divide up in teams and the category is goalkeeper. Uh, me and Victor go first. We select, uh, who do you want to select as the best goalkeeper, Victor? Oliver Kahn. <laughs> okay. Yes. If it's all time, then sure. <laughs> that was- I like that show. Wow. Yes. I, I, I was going to say Yen Oblak, but yes, if we're going all time, then yes, sure. Um, and then it would go over to Declan and Alex and they would select one and and so on. Um, so yes, there's there's different ways we can do Mount Rushmore. I just I do I feel like 
the last last time we tried it, just our our execution wasn't correct, um, and that it is a good idea that we should do again. I don't know if anyone else has opinions on that based on them listening to the episode. If I'm just being would, too hard on myself, <laughs> I would say that I like that idea of doing kind of like a, a fancy draft, if you will, of of all of us going through and picking whether it is picking the whole start, starting 11 and going through like an entire fantasy draft or if it is just uh, the Mount Rushmore going through we're just picking goalies and then picking right backs and so on and so forth uh, so on and so forth um, the, the only thing is with how we've already done the, the Mount Rushmore relatively recently I, li- I like the idea I don't know if it should go on the ball immediately though maybe like go on a ball go on the ball in, in a little bit once we get through the the other ideas i agree with that um i also think if it is in draft format then that's 11 different positions maybe more if you want to count like right back and left back and then right wing back and left wing back and then left wing and right wing so that's like potentially 13 positions that we're going through which would be a lot for a draft so i would potentially be worried about doing it that way if we are breaking down all 11 positions or I guess maybe it's not 11 because center midfield and center back are two each, let's say. Um, and I guess winners are together. So maybe it's not terrible. Like how many is that? Eight? Like are we doing are we doing right back and left back together as like fullbacks? Or are we doing them separately? I guess is another thing to iron out as we talk about this. I'd probably say keep like right wing backs and right back should be one position as well as left wing back left back left wing either left wing or left midfield that's one right wing right midfield i think there's too much to iron out with this people should let us know their thoughts on what they think about this and if i get submissions from you guys or from listeners on like how you think this might work i definitely agree that it should happen but i think we need to figure out the details of like is this an entire episode are we splitting this up into two and then like john said because Mount Rushmore was already episode number two, maybe it makes more sense to do this at a later date. So sending the VA review, are we in agreement about that? Yeah, I think Lee Dixon needs to look at this again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think it is time then to spin the ball. We got lots more great ideas. So thank you all for submitting your ideas. And it is now time to spin the ball to decide what we are going to do next week. Currently on the ball... Match game, a very similar type of format to what we did today with What I Lie to You, except we're going to play the American game show. I believe it's American match game. Uh, Today's news, where we go to the newspapers and discuss what is the news of today. I think it's going to be also kind of like this week's news, Um, not just that specific day, but what's going on that week. A discussion about the Ballon d'Or, who should win it, and what is the hardest position to play and how that factors into the Ballon d'Or. Very much a Russell Toe topic that I know he would want to be on. The most common tactics and formations in 2021, an overall discussion of some of the most common trends right now in football, including tactics and formations. Book Club, which was submitted by Sam the Man, as well as Adam pushed it onto the ball last week. Uh, where we discuss different football books. We have Bargain Buys XI from KC from Canada, where we talk about all of the best bargains buys over the past few years or the past decade um, and decide who makes our XI. And then also watching the movie She's the Man and then talking about it with as much scrutiny to the football as possible. 
So that is what is currently on the ball right now. Declan, what do you hope is going to come up when I spin this? I love the book club. I, I'm a big reader. I like, uh, I, I've read a lot of good football books recently, and I, I'd love to discuss some of them. So you're like the third person in a row to say that, which is crazy to me because I'm just like, books? Like, okay. <laughs> what about articles? Articles are what people should be reading. Uh, Victor, what do you hope comes up? Ooh, I hope the bargain XI. That's, okay. that's going to be really fun. I have nice. a couple down I'm thinking of already, so that'll be really fun. Okay, here we go. Can you all see my screen right now? Yep. Okay, I'm going to spin the wheel right now. Here we go. And it is the idea that nobody wanted to see on here, <laughs> but that is okay, because I'm excited for it. Ballon d'Or plus hardest position to play. So I hope Russell is around next week to have this be a discussion, because I know this is definitely in his wheelhouse. Uh, so that's going to be very exciting. That's uh, one with a little bit less preparation as well, which I'm definitely happy about. Ballon d'Or plus hardest position to play is coming up next week on the ball. Before we go, I just want to say a big thank you to all four of you for being on the show with me and having this be such a successful show. Uh, John, where can people find you if they want to check out more of what you have going on? Yep, uh, people can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at John Townsend 99. That's J O H N T O W N S E N D 99. Perfect. Thanks so much, John. And Declan, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, De at debarp14. Um, I post a lot of my writing, including a recent article I, I just got published in a magazine that I'm really excited about. So check me out on there and read my stuff. Yeah, I heard about that. That's very cool. So congrats on that. Great Thank news. Um, definitely everyone should go and check that out. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Well, they can find me on Instagram at real period WPB. Okay. Thank you so much for that. Definitely have to check out Alex on Instagram. And Victor, you didn't tap the ball in. What did you do instead? <laughs> People can find me on Twitter. I've big shot it. Now Vic tapped it in. Vic <laughs> shot it. Tapped it in as a different person. And Instagram at Viccgram. That'll be V I C C G R A M. Okay, so yes, you can find me at Desmond Reese at Mastermind Site. And you can find our show on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Please, if you're listening on iTunes, consider giving us a five-star rating to help others find the show, especially if you liked this episode. Uh, and continue submitting your ideas for future episodes at themastermindsite.com slash contact or on any Spin the Ball episode page. So thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you for the next one. Ballon d'Or plus hardest position to play. See you then. Have a good one and goodbye.